a roundup of the main business news from China and elsewhere. This is Global Business. From CGTN headquarters here in Beijing, this is Global Business. I'm Jevenenberg. Coming up on the program. China's January CPI rise by 0.3% month-on-month, reflecting inflationary pressure. Chinese New Year travel rush begins as millions head home ahead of Lunar New Year. Reflecting on 45 years of diplomatic relations, China and Portugal's bilateral ties since 1979. We start with China's inflation data. The official consumer price index, or CPI, edged up 0.3% month-on-month in January. The small gain was driven primarily by spending ahead of the spring festival holiday. Cold weather also pushed up food prices. On an annual basis, the CPI fell 0.8% due to a high base from January 2023. Meanwhile, the producer price index continued to fall in January as factories halt production ahead of the holidays. But the easing of PPI has slowed as prices of major raw materials increased on the global commodities market. Now, for more on the latest economic data from China, we're joined by Professor John Gong from the University of International Business and Economics. Uh, John, good to see you. Um, so, first. What's your interpretation of the latest uh, CPI and PPI numbers? Well, first of all, thank you very much, Michelle, for having me. Um, I look at the uh, PPI number probably more than the CPI number. Um, you know, CPI at 0.3% uh, is practically, you know, no inflation in my view, particularly at this time of the year when a lot of people are spending quite a bit of money during the holiday season. Now, the PPI index uh, decreasing by 2.5% indicates that I think in the next few months, uh, there's less of a pressure on the producer side to raise prices. I always even claim that um, um, in the next few months, uh, there will not be much of an uh, inflationary pressure at all. So I think, uh, from a, at least from an inflation point of view, I think we're in good shape here in China. Yeah. And uh, what areas uh, is consumption in China uh, showing strong momentum so far this year? Well, I, I, I can point to two uh, sectors. Uh, one, of course, is the auto industry. You know, it, this is just uh, unbelievable. Uh, both uh, domestic consumption as well as exports is just uh, very strong growth uh, on a year-over-year basis. But second, I would point to the service sector. I think fundamentally, um, you know, Chinese consumers, uh, their, their consumption behavior is starting to having a structural change, in, in my view. I mean, they're probably spending more money on on services, on, on travel, on, you know, good vacations, on, on you know, uh, going abroad, you know, on these type of things. Um, and so that the service sector, the entire service sector, in my view, is uh, also doing quite well, relatively speaking, compared to other sectors. All right. And also domestic uh, consumption is one of the top priorities for the Chinese economy. Um, what's your outlook for the rest of 2024? Yeah, I, I totally agree that you know raising consumption level is, is really the engine of growth for Chinese economy. Um, but I think the challenge is that uh, you know people have been saying that the consumer confidence hasn't been very high. Mm-hmm. Even though you look at the statistics, um, you know the economy in China is actually performing not bad at all, in my view. But for the average folks, uh, 
on the ground, especially I think you know low income people, they probably don't quite feel it. Uh, they you know they you know the, the unemployment figure is still reasonably uh, high in my view, uh, and also. Um, you know, the stock market, I would say. I mean, the, when it comes to consumption, there's a wealth effect. In other words, the more you feel like you are, um, your assets values go up, um, you know, the more confidence you have on spending. Um, but the stock market is at all time low. I think you know, that has a problem, uh, cutting into a lot of, uh, especially I think the middle class people, um, for further consumption. I mean, they don't feel like the, you know, the, the money in the bank, uh, the money, not in the bank, the money with the stock brokers, brokerage houses, uh, it's not performing quite well for the last few months. Uh, so I think that's cutting to people's uh, consumption confidence. Uh, I, but, but, but I think the, you know, the stock market is going to turn around. I think it's pretty much hitting its bottom uh, as the um, you know, Shanghai Stock Index uh, slowly, slowly, hopefully coming back. Uh, I think uh, uh, people are willing to spend more as their assets uh, value goes up. Yeah, we just saw a turnaround. It has been very volatile for the Asian market for yeah. sure, and it just started to turn around. So we'll hope, hopefully that uh, momentum will continue. And as you mentioned, uh, overall confidence uh, plays a very significant part in consumption power. Um, and for some reason, the confidence is not quite there yet. Uh, what do you think can be done to boost consumer confidence besides you know, the better performance of the, property, uh, the, the uh, Asian market? Yeah, in my view, um, there's a few things the government can do. For example, you know, we, remember during the 2009 financial crisis, the government came up with some programs, uh, essentially, uh, you know, they're tantamount to uh, accompanying subsidies for purchases, uh, for like, you know, cars going to the countryside, appliances going to the countryside. So I think, you know, similar kind of a measure can be taken um, in that, um, you know, some tax rebate can be given to consumers for uh, for consumption, for buying appliances, for buying cars, uh, particularly for buying cars, in my view. So, uh, you know, these are kind of a, um, uh, measures that the government can do to, bo to boost consumer confidence. And I think the Ministry of Commerce is thinking about doing something like this. I remember just a few days or two weeks ago, the Commerce Department actually had a, a head of your press conference. Uh, the Vice Minister you know, came out to talk about measures to beef up uh, consumer confidence, and one of which I think is indeed what I'm talking about, uh, providing some incentives for consumers to spend money more on uh, big ticket items. All right, great. Thank you so much for your insights. Always great to have you on the show. Professor John Gong from the University of International Business and Economics. Thank you. China's Spring Festival travel numbers are expected to hit another peak today. The country's railway system logged a record number of over 13 million passenger trips on Wednesday. Air transport also witnessed a travel peak with nearly 1.9 million passenger trips. Airports across the country have been increasingly busy in the past two weeks, handing, handling over 23 million passenger trips. Around 30% of airports have seen flight numbers increase since the beginning of the February. The Spring Festival travel rush, called Chunyun in Chinese, is the country's busiest travel season. During the 40-day period, hundreds of millions of people will head home for family reunions and gather with friends during Spring Festival, which begins on Saturday. Now, only one day left till New Year's Eve, and in Beijing, major railway stations and the scenic spots have seen peak traffic flows. A reporter, Gao Ang, brings us more updates from Beijing South Railway Station.
Now at one of the busiest railway stations here in Beijing, and as you can see, there are a lot of passengers rushing to check in and bringing the special purchases for the Spring Festival back home. And then officials here told me that they've seen almost two million passenger trips since the travel rush begins, and they've done a lot to ensure the passengers can travel smoothly here at the station. For example, they've opened additional express entrances for those passengers whose train、uh, will start leave in、uh, within 20 minutes. And then、uh, this year, the Spring Festival starts from January the 26th until March the 15th. And official data shows that a record nine billion passenger trips will be expected during the 40-day period. And today is also very close to the Spring Festival. And as for celebrations th- this year, there are a lot of temple fairs will be returning after the COVID restrictions. And for me, as a kid, I went to the Ditan Temple Fair a lot. And this year, Ditan Temple Fair will have a lot of folk arts,、uh, traditional culture. Performances and also、uh, the intangible cultural heritage demonstration、uh, at the Temple Fair, and also、uh, at the Longtan and Changdian Temple Fairs, people are will be able to enjoy the traditional snacks and also the ice and snow sports. So besides Temple Fairs, as the year of Long is approaching,、uh, the Dragon Dance also can be seen at a lot of、uh, cultural landmarks here in Beijing, and then,、uh, there are many of the tourist sites. They will also offer、uh, the less. And lectures about the culture, and have a lot of festive celebrations. And during night, people can also enjoy the lantern hanging up at a lot of cultural landmarks here in Beijing. And besides this, many people will go to the temple to pray for the best luck for the new year. And then at the dinner table in northern China, dumplings and also many traditional snacks can also cannot be missed. The Spring Festival means family, love, laughter, feasts, and much more. But to retailers, it means one thing: money. Once again, businesses are making great efforts to attract consumers, utilizing the latest marketing ideas during this traditional festival. Our reporter Zhang Shixuan visits two commercial areas in Shanghai and finds out more. The year of dragon is approaching. Many places have already started the preparations for the Chinese New Year. It's a time that many people think the year of dragon is my animal year. It's a new start. It's a festival for family reunion, full of ritual. We have special festive purchases and clothes. And for retailers, we can celebrate our traditional Chinese culture, arts, in the format of modern creativities. We have prepared many activities to provide a Shanghai-style atmosphere for Lunar New Year. The Spring Festival has become a big opportunity for even Western brands, with locals looking forward to products featuring the Chinese zodiac animal corresponding to the Lunar New Year. Companies have been happy to oblige, and of course, there are plenty of new dragon designs this year to lure more customers to spend. This pop-up store has become a new attraction in downtown Shanghai, with a cartoon dragon character covering the entire facade. Many passersby have noticed and stopped to take photos. Fashion brand Zara opened the store to promote its Chinese New Year series. It makes me want to buy things. Traditionally, the Spring Festival was full of decorations in pure red or green, but here I see elements like pink peaches. I want to buy a pink dragon porcelain decoration and a sweater with a dragon on it. I want to wear during the festival. I'm from England. One of the things that interests me is how, in China, it's possible to update certain traditions. So it's always quite difficult because it's always kind of 
a big hook into the past. Um, but I think what this show does quite well is it combines contemporary forms and contemporary graphics without forgetting the past. This is the third year the brand has cooperated with a local brand to launch a limited edition for Chinese New Year. But it's the first time it's invested in a pop-up store for the celebration, adding a modern campaign for the traditional festival. Previous collections, we received very good feedbacks, which encouraged us to get further operations and inspirations along the road. Shanghai is definitely one of the most dynamic, energetic, and vibrant city in China as well in the world. And、uh, we see that、uh, people here not only pursuing a、uh, trend in fashion, but also in other areas like、uh, technology, innovations, etc. That's why make this city so amazing and、uh, very attractive. So、um, I think in the year for Dragon, we would expect more potential will be released、uh, in this、uh, amazing city. To lure more people, the company has made video of a dragon-shaped float traveling around some of the city's most iconic spots. The videos made with AI technology have gone viral on social media apps, and some retailers are not just satisfied with the zodiac animals; they are seeking more ways to connect with customers. A giant installation of an Arctic fox has appeared along the street in another commercial center in the city's downtown area, attracting a stream of visitors. It's not something that you can see elsewhere. When I saw it、uh, online, I said I must come and see. It's my first time seeing such a big white fox. The Spring Festival is around the corner, so we chose to come to Shanghai and experience life here. Dutch artist Florentine Hoffman designed the giant fox. The shopping mall managers hope the fox will attract more shoppers and even entice some to spend on big-ticket items. 这个艺术装置的到来呢，也带来了，比如我们的极狐汽车和我们的。The art installation has brought us the auto brand Arc Fox. We have prepared interactive activities under the theme of the Fox installation. Those who participate in the campaign will receive gift packages or discount coupons. This will heat up the commercial center along Suzhou Creek. 苏河湾区域的一个商圈活力。She says the Arctic fox has long been a symbol of strength and perseverance. So the Spring Festival could be a good time to have the giant installation on show at the shopping mall. The shopping mall will also hold temple fairs and offer discounts during Chinese New Year. Zhang Shixuan, ICS for CCTN, Shanghai. In southern China's Guangzhou, the festive atmosphere is blooming. Guangzhou's flower markets are doing brisk business. The city is going all out to help residents honor floral customs to welcome the new year. Huang Fei has the details. In Guangzhou, flowers are considered the centerpiece of Chinese New Year celebrations. But before the city's main flower markets open for business, the first sign of spring appears in an unlikely place. Welcome aboard Line Five of the Guangzhou Metro. In the days leading up to the Chinese New Year, these carriages are transformed into a sea of blossoms. People returning from shopping at a local wholesale market often choose the subway over taxis. Well, it's cheaper and offers plenty of space for larger plants. Some stations even offer to trim or package oversized plants to make sure they have a smooth journey. I've made a few transfers to do my flowers shopping here. It's cheaper and offers more exotic options. 
I try to do my flower shopping early to bring the festival spirit home sooner. Golden fruits represent togetherness. Orchids symbolize wealth, and these blooms signify success. Yes, I buy flowers here every year. I'm not sure about the symbolism. I just buy whatever looks pretty. Not far from the subway station is South China's biggest flower wholesale market, open all year round. To celebrate the Year of the Long, or Dragon, flowers with the character of the mythical beast are especially popular. These dragon orchids are selling fast. We're going to run out of stock this year. Yesterday, one customer bought dozens of pots. Older people choose the traditional red orchids, while younger customers prefer the so-called macro colors. Across the city, some 15 million pots of festive plants are available for sale at these pop-up stalls. The largest and oldest New Year flower market opened on Tuesday in the city's main shopping street, featuring various folk art displays. Last year, nearly 4 million people visited Guangzhou's flower markets over a three-day period. This year, opening times are being extended as the city sees an opportunity to boost sales. However, for many locals, this isn't just about stocking up for the holiday. It's actually more about spending quality time with family and honoring traditions. It's believed that simply by completing a walk around the market, one could bring good luck for the new year. Happy Year of the Long! For the Year of the Chinese Dragon, I wish you a new year filled with the strength and vitality of dragons and tigers. It's Yushun from Roundtable. This is Niu Honglin from Roundtable and Takeaway Chinese. This is Zhou Fang with the Beijing Hour. I wish you Longma Jingshen, Shi Ye Cheng. May you have the energy and vitality of a dragon horse. Paving the way for a prosperous and successful journey ahead. May you soar to new heights and achieve great success in your career. May your journey be guided by the profound wisdom embodied by the majestic creature of the Long. 祝大家龙腾虎跃迎新春,瑞气迎门福满庭。祝你生龙活虎,恭喜发财。The U.S. Congressional Budget Office says in its latest economic outlook that the federal budget deficit is projected to grow significantly over the next 10 years. Interest as well as an aging population and increase in health care costs are major factors. Caroline Malone reports from Washington. The federal budget deficit is likely to go from $1.6 trillion this year to about $2.6 trillion in 2034, according to the Congressional Budget Office. Smaller than previous deficit projections, but it's still significant. Philip Swagel, the director of the CBO, which produces budgets and economic projections to help Congress, said on Wednesday that there are several reasons, including rising interest costs and an aging population, meaning higher federal health costs. The CBO also sees economic growth slowing fractionally this year and increasing again next, after an expected decrease in interest rates from the Federal Reserve. Funding for immigration and border issues are big Congress topics this year, as is the economy. Relatedly, the CBO projects the labor force will grow by 5.2 million people over the next decade, largely due to net immigration. That is likely to boost economic output in the 10-year window. 
but short-term unemployment may hit 4.4% by the end of this year. Caroline Malone, CGTN, Washington. 2024 marks the 45th anniversary of the establishment of diplomatic ties between China and Portugal. Here's a look back at the economic relations between the two nations. In 2018, Portugal became the first Western European country to join China's Belt and Road Initiative. Bilateral trade saw rapid growth, only falling slightly in 2023 due to weakening global demand. Black pork, beer and red wine from Portugal were, are very popular among Chinese consumers. China and Portugal have also built multiple investment partnerships in sectors such as energy, finance and the aquatic market. Portugal is also one of the starting members of the Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank, which is headquartered in China. Paulo Jorge Nascimento, Portugal's ambassador to China, joins CGTN's Wang Mengjie to share his thoughts on bilateral ties over the past four decades. I believe that Portugal finds in China a, a very relevant and important interlocutor, uh, as well as China knows that it can count with Portugal to have a frank and loyally dialogue at all levels. We look forward for, for, the, for the next years of our bilateral relation, knowing that it is in the interest of both of our countries to go deeper in this relation. Chinese made metro trains made their European debut in December last year, and the first of those trains departed from Portugal. How do you evaluate the contribution of the Chinese companies made to social and economic development in your country? By the end of last year, 2023, was the accumulated stock of investment was of 12 billion uh, euros. And in that sense, I, I believe that China is not only uh, an important uh, investor in, in Portugal, it's the fifth larger investor in, in Portugal, but, uh, but also I believe that it has been important for the Chinese companies because it had given them opportunity to learn and, and ex experience uh, the European Union market and so I think this was a win-win. As a starting point of the Asian Maritime Silk Road in Europe, Portugal was uh, seen by China as a natural partner in the Belt and Road Initiative. Portugal was also among the first Western European countries to sign the BRI cooperation documents. And 10 years on, how do you evaluate the initiative? We have always considered the, the Belt and Road Initiative as a huge potential to be, to be a transformative element in what we hope to see a deepening of uh, international cooperation amongst nations uh, and between the international community. Initiatives like the Belt and Road Initiative or other initiatives uh, that exist might be important elements for deepening uh, international cooperation to, to look and to handle pressing challenges uh, that are also common challenges, uh, not to say the least climate change, but also biodiversity, for instance, or energy transition. Now, for more discussions on China-Portugal relations and economic cooperation, we're now joined by Dr. Bernardo Mendia, Secretary General of the Portugal-China Chamber of Commerce and Industry. Uh, Dr. Mendia, good to have you on the show and Happy New Year. Uh, first, what is your assessment of the current cooperation uh, between China and uh, Portugal? What are the main areas of cooperation? Thank you very much for the opportunity. As you have described in the initial piece, which was a, a very good summary of the good relationship between Portugal and China, 
And as uh, our ambassador in China also described just now, uh, the relationship is uh, quite good. You also mentioned that we are uh, the first country, the first Western country to sign a memorandum of understanding on the Belt and Road, which is always significant. Of course, it's a political, more a political document, but it also communicates a very good and positive and encouraging message to the businesses, to the companies and to the businessmen to do more, uh, more business. One more comment I would like to do regarding the 45th anniversary of the diplomatic ties between Portugal and, and China is that actually, and although we have uh, this celebration today, it's actually the day is today, so it's uh, very fortunate to talk about this today, of course, not by accident. But actually, we have uh, a much longer relationship with China, which started in uh, 1513. So 511 years ago, when wow. uh, the Portuguese explorers arrived to the south of China for the first time. As you know, we also had a very good uh, relationship through Macau, where we have had a very good relationship, uh, actually an exemplar relationship between uh, two countries and where we have ad administered the territory of Macau for uh, more than 400 years. And uh, I think it's a very good example, it's special, especially nowadays, uh, where there is so much polarization. We can show how Macau was handled, how the compromise was done, and how the return of Macau to, to China administration was done in such a successful way, through dialogue, through communication, and through compromise. Exactly, a very great point. Yes. Um, and as we talked about before, the two countries signed an agreement to promote the Belt and Road Initiative in 2018. Uh, uh, what do you think mm -hmm. this has impacted um, bilateral cooperation? Yes, as I was commenting before, more than uh, signing a document, what I think is very important is also many signs that were given, such as the visit of the President Xi Jinping in 2018, the visit of the Portuguese President Marcelo Rebelo de Sousa to China in 2019. Then this year, actually, uh, the Vice President of China also visited Portugal, not this year, I'm sorry, 2023. So it's already last year. And also uh, the Chief Executive of Portugal, so I think there are many positive signs that uh, are encouraging for the business community. And I think uh, that is as important uh, as uh, seeing that the leadership of the two countries are aligned and they want development, they are willing to work together, they're passing the right message to the people. This is very important. We should keep doing this. Thank you so much for your insights. Great to have you on the show. Dr. Bernardo Mendia, Secretary General of the Portugal-China Chamber of Commerce and Industry. And that's it for this edition of Global Business. We'll leave you with best wishes for the Chinese New Year from our editors, anchors, and their furry friends. I'm Jean Mendenberg in Beijing. Bye for now.